0: And host of Talk That Talk, award-winning journalist, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson.
1: Welcome to it, welcome to it. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, and it is 10 o'clock, actually it's a little bit different, it's 10.30 on a Wednesday night, so you guys know what time it is, it is time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with my guy, my Florida man, fact checker, Mr. Salim Dweck, who is behind the camera, as always. What's going on, what's sweetie?
0: What's going on, man? living a dream, right? Oh yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. Nobody ch- nobody can complain about living a dream I think on this no, day. No. Um we're actually we're going to hop right into it in terms of this show. As you can tell, we're starting to, uh 30 minutes later than today because I actually just got back from the Aces and Mercury game. So, I'll let you guys know how that game went and um a- along with other stuff. That uh, plenty of other stuff going on here in the valley and going on not only in this country, but across this world, for multiple reasons. But let's go ahead and start as usual. when mom's tip in: No one said this would be easy. Just know that. Just know that nothing beats the feeling of accomplishment. I'll say that one more time. No one said this would be easy. Just know that nothing beats the feeling of accomplishment. Uh, we we've already teased about it recently. Uh, we did it a lot last episode, I believe, our Fourth of July episode, and we talked about some of the changes that we're we're working to make behind the scenes right now a lot of the changes have been discussed through weekly emails that we normally send out to the team and uh shout out to ray cools who uh talked to us about some ideas that they have and we'll let you guys know what what that entails in the coming future um but again in case you guys do not know talk that talk radio show records twice twice weekly from the beautiful westgate las vegas resort and casino we're chilling right now in our beautiful clubhouse at the westgate las vegas resort and casino this was formerly the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years and this hotel was actually the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade if you guys want to be a part of this energy here in this building you can find us at 3000 paradise road Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, that address is 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. All right. Let's hop right into it. I think this would be a good time to actually talk about uh, the – you know what? Let me put this up, too. It would be a good time. We're actually going to start with local news. And I think – We'll probably would done, be done with local news maybe 30, 40 minutes into the first hour, and then we have some a heavy second hour. Again, we'll we'll probably get out of here a little bit after 12, uh, 12 o'clock tonight um, because of the start time. So we're going to hop right into it in terms of the Aces. The Aces just hosted a home game. Coming into this game, the Aces were 9-1 and at home. Unfortunately, guys, in case you were not familiar and we're not aware, I'm here to let you guys know that the Phoenix Mercury handed the Aces their second home loss of the season by a score of 99-90, and that was an overtime game. Here's the deal. Um, Hmm. Salim said – did you watch the game? No. Okay. So, Salim didn't watch the game, and Salim said that Asia Wilson has some pretty good numbers between – whether it was 25 uh, – actually, all of her entire line. 25 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists and i told Celine not that she had a bad game by no means i think Asia Wilson is getting to that to that level of those are her numbers she's going to get those yeah being at the game i'm not going to say that Asia was a non factor by no means cuz that's just not true um but there were other players to step up in big moments for for the uh, aces and I'll kind of go over a little bit of that right now. The Aces went down, before I even get there, the Aces went in a halftime down seven points. A certain certain visual I want to give you really quick is end of the first half. Asia Wilson misses a um, close jumper. Liz Cambage gets the offensive rebound, puts up the, the the follow-up attempt with Brittany Griner in her face, and she misses the basket. Now, coming down on the other end, and I want to make sure I'm getting this. Yeah, okay, so Sophie Cunningham comes down on the other end and drains a three. With one point nine seconds left, three ball, right wing, splash, and that sends the Aces into halftime down seven. Now you could imagine having arguably your two ble- two best players missing give me's at the rim, and you give up an open three on the other end to end the half. It's probably not the way that you that that you, you want to end the half, right? So. They come out at the start of the third quarter, and they fall behind by 11 points. Slim, I'm here to tell you that we went to overtime because the Las Vegas Aces won that third quarter 20-8. to eight. And when I say that there were other players that stepped up in big moments, Liz Cambage had a stretch in that third quarter where she forced Brittany Griner into two or three straight misses and on the other end, converted three straight baskets. During that same 18-4 to run for the Las Vegas Aces, De'Erica Hamby scored six points during that 18-4 to run, outscoring Phoenix by herself. Now, I was contemplating whether I wanted to tell you guys that. It's in the story. And, again, if you guys want to check out the story, it is on TalkThatTalkRadio.com. Um... Salim, D'Erika Hamby, the reason why I thought that stat was so interesting is because D'Erika Hamby scored six points in 59 seconds during that stretch. It's
0: pretty pretty damn good.
1: However, when Phoenix and the Aces first locked horns at the end of May, D'Erika Hamby was held to five points in 27 minutes. Just a couple of stats that I took away from tonight's game. Uh, 84-84 at the end of regulation. The Aces, I believe, went the first three minutes of the overtime period without a basket. That's not going to result in winning basketball nine times out of ten, especially in the overtime period. Uh, so, obviously, on the opposite end of this one, the Aces fail and they dropped to 14-5 and on a the year. They fell to the now 8-9 Phoenix Mercury. Salim. I'm going to tell you this and I'm getting out of here. I told my dad, I said, you know what? I said, we've had the opportunity to cover some pretty dope stuff. And I've told him that um, regardless of the fact, you got to have your moments where you got to realize the reality of your situation and what you're in the middle of and the magnitude of it. And I told my dad, I said, I asked my dad a couple weeks, or actually a couple days ago, I said, who's the leading scorer, who's the all-time leading scorer in the WNBA? And my dad said, "Uh," and he gave me his answer. when he gave me his answer, I was, he said Cheryl Swoops. I said, no. I said, what if I told you that the all-time leading scorer in the WNBA is still playing? My dad kind of sat with it for a little bit. And I'll be honest, Salim. Can
0: I, can I say who I think it is?
1: Because I'm pretty sure you're right. I was beyond upset. Celine, what's the answer?
0: Diana Taurasi?
1: That is absolutely the answer. Yeah. I, I asked my dad. I said, how on earth do you not know the GOAT? I said, is it arguable? I said, Maya Moore hasn't played in three years. When you look at her numbers... You could argue that she was headed to be that. But since she hasn't played in three years, can we argue who the GOAT is? So, I'll be honest, Slim. I haven't been this happy in quite some time to to cover a game. I told my dad, even if this is the one that I have, I'm gonna be able to see the GOAT play. Deanna Taurasi did not suit up tonight. Diana Taurasi came back from a fractured sternum, and has played in three games, um, had a tough time getting her foot, in. I believe she shot two of nine in her last game for 11 points. I'm pretty sure that the Mercury, you know, wanted her to kind of take it easy on the way back. And part of the take-it-easy process meant that that Diana Taurasi did not play in this one. However, Brittany Griner did score 21 of her 33 points in the first half. Skylar Diggins added 27 of her own. Um... I don't know what what you want people to do when you get sixty points from two of the best players on the other team, uh, and, and you'd still take them to overtime. So, um, I was gonna say that we'll see what this team, what this Aces team, looks like after this loss, and we we'll, we really don't have to wait that long. This team will actually host another home game on Friday against the Minnesota Lynx. If you guys uh, have kept up with the Minnesota Lynx and uh, the Las Vegas Aces this season. This, this Friday game is shaping up to be a pretty damn good one. Um, I do have a lot more basketball, and I feel like that's going to be in the second hour. So I'm going to try as much as I can to keep it home-based, and we're going to try to talk some more local news really quick. We don't have any Vegas go tonight news, but as we said before, we'd be remiss to not tell you guys what's going on in the world of hockey. And in case you are like majority of the Valley and you <laughs> shut off your TVs from hockey, after the Vegas Golden Knights were eliminated, something took place today. And, Salim, what was that? Wasn't for the Knights,
0: but... No. It was uh, the best team in Florida. <laughs> I'm not surprised you said that. Uh, it's true. Again, was that series against the Panthers fixed? Absolutely.
1: Has to be, right?
0: But... Panthers made it to six. The Canadians, uh, I believe, if my eyesight isn't failing me, five. Basically, what that means is the Panthers should have been in the finals. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had something to say about Vegas, and it's just no point. Um, Salim's right. The Montreal Canadiens took it to five games against the Tampa Bay Lightning, but for back-to-back seasons, the Tampa Bay Lightning have been crowned Stanley Cup champions. Salim, I wanted to look this up at the Aces game, and I literally had too much going on. Can you tell me the last time we've had back-to-back NHL champions? Thank Thank you, sir. Um, You want to give us a guess right now who you think it is? I'm going to go Penguins. Let
0: me look. I, I the Kings
1: won two in three years.
0: Yeah, I remember when the Kings had their little run.
1: Yeah, the Kings had two in three years.
0: So, Tampa Bay with this back-to-back championship,
1: these back-to-back championship seasons.
0: You are correct. It is the Pittsburgh Penguins. The GOAT. What year was that? From 2015 to 2017. Okay. Okay. Did they beat Nashville one of those years?
1: Hmm. I don't know why I'm just... Shooting from the hip now, but that's kind of interesting to me. Um, and I think we're actually going to close this first hour on my dad's in, as opposed to do, uh, saving it for the second hour. Um, yes,
0: they did. They beat him in 2017.
1: That was a 2017. Okay, okay. Um, three years straight, if you go back and listen to this show, date back to three years ago. I said Tampa Bay was going to win the Stanley Cup three years ago. I didn't say it last year, and I said it this year. So Celine, one could surmise that on paper, and hell, even in play, Tampa Bay has been the best team in hockey for going on at least three seasons now.
0: I think that's fair to say.
1: Celine, when's the last time we saw a dynasty in hockey? Have we ever seen one?
0: Um The Islanders did win 4 straight in the 80s.
1: Okay.
0: I think that's a dynasty.
1: That's no, that's definitely a dynasty. We don't have one though, right? We've never seen one.
0: In hockey, I don't think so now.
1: Okay. So you know my next question. Are we watching it now?
0: Yeah, I mean, two in a row, that's, again, it's not common at all in any sport, let alone hockey. I mean, we saw the Penguins, but I mean, look, man, the Penguins, Crosby, Malkin, uh, they had Flurry. Uh, why is my brain, anyway, they had Hall of Famers on that team.
1: Is the name that you're thinking about start with a B? Let it go.
0: Anyway, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't. I really haven't watched enough for the Lightning. I know two in a row is impressive, though. So,
1: two in a row is impressive, and and I keep doing it. But three years ago, guys, this was the best team in hockey, and was upset in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um. I mean, I, I don't know what, what type of res, of response you want – of what type of what better response, rather, that you want from your team after getting beat and embarrassed in the first round than to come back and win back-to-back championships. Um – <laughs> all right. I'm going to ask you this last question. I promise you I'm done. I promise I'm done. Um – The Raptors played in Tampa Bay this year. Um, We have the Rays that are coming off of their World Series birth. Are the Tampa Bay Lightning the only glimmer of hope that the city of Tampa Bay is going to have for quite some time? And yes, I'm including the Bucks as well. Our, I'm, uh, I'm, that's a separate conversation to talk about the Bucks repeating. But the Tampa Bay Lightning is, it's like their for sure bet in terms of the city, in terms of their, their glimmer of hope. <sighs> From our Florida man fact checker.
0: No, I mean, I don't think long term. They have. They can look at it like that, especially in baseball. What's
1: the I definition of long term? Four
0: to five years. You,
1: Do you don't think it th- it'll change
0: in forty-five years? The Rays, any Tampa Bay T- team. Yeah, I don't think it's impossible. Baseball is weird, man. It can change like that.
1: Look at San Diego.
0: Like it can change very, very quickly. Uh, I mean, I don't know how they're still in that stadium. That's incredible to me, the fact that they've held on for this long staying there.
1: And we were told by somebody, and we won't we won't say the name publicly, but we were told off the record by somebody, and they've been to multiple arenas in, in the world of baseball, and they said that – <laughs> and I believe they've been to an Oakland game as well. They've said that this Tampa Bay, Tropicana Field is – if not the worst, one of the worst in all of baseball.
0: Yeah, no, it's universally hated. Hmm. Personally, I'd love to go there. Never been. It's a, a dome. I like domes. I don't know why. Just gives me a nice feeling inside.
1: We need one at the ballpark, maybe.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's a non Like, Without that, it's a non-starter. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to deal with that.
1: Wait, I will ask – well, I'm not going to ask anything right now. I'm just going to leave this here. Do we expect Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, to repeat?
0: Sometimes I forget they exist, which is crazy because they just won a title.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, you were talking, and I was trying to think, what's that other Tampa Bay team?
1: Exactly. I I think what's so interesting is – it sounds crazy. I still think Tom Brady snuck up on people last year. I do. I think he went to Tampa and a lot of people was just like, "Okay, cool. He made some moves. That's great. We still got to see him come playoff time." And then they forgot that that was Mr. Brady.
0: For sure. Like there were a lot of whispers in the first 4 to 5 weeks of the season like, "Is this guy done?" Right. You know, speculation
1: even rose whether Bruce Arians was asking.
0: But obviously it worked out. Uh even though he had a bad game against the Packers, and everybody will forget that because oh my they gosh. won. Whatever.
1: Between Duna talking about Kevin King literally trying to cost us the game, to Aaron Rodgers talking about Matt Lafleur not or punting or kicking a field goal on third on fourth down that was insane. To Aaron Rodgers not running the ball forward on third down, I don't want to talk about that
0: game anymore. I don't. Thirty-seven-year-old Aaron Rodgers is getting tackled. He doesn't have
1: to get tackled.
0: Either way. Uh, and
1: let's not be – okay, see, I see where we're going, and I know what I'm going to do if we go there. So are we moving on now? Yeah, we can move on. All right, see, let's – let's. Uh, Salim, give me credit. I've done well. Green Bay is a is a dumpster fire right now, and I haven't brought it up in like a month.
0: I have no idea what's going to happen with Tampa, man. <laughs> Nothing would shock me. If they if they repeat again and they go twelve and four and Brady has a great system and Arian uh, great season and Aryan system, that wouldn't surprise me. If Brady pulls a two thousand sixteen <laughs> Peyton Manning where like they still went really far and won the Super Bowl, but he was god awful, wouldn't shock me.
1: If they went eight and eight, would it shock you?
0: That would be what, the most uh, there can't go eight and eight actually anymore. nine and eight. That the uh, being like middling and five, that would be the most surprising thing. I either think they're going to be great again or an absolute dumpster fire S-
1: I think an absolute dumpster fire for Tampa is nine in is nine and eight.
0: Oh, I mean when I say dumpster fire, I mean like they're going to win like four games And so. I don't
1: think that's possible.
0: Are you denying Ale- uh, Kyle Trask? <laughs> Can you imagine I, I'm if it's I'm like week on. five and people I'm moving on and, and people, and people like are calling for chi- for Kyle Trask to do what to start a game of football in the NFL? Not for the Buccaneers. He's on the Bucks, right? I believe so.
1: Fam, he got drafted from Florida to stay in Florida. Never mind. Um, okay. <laughs> let's just move on. Let's just move on and get back to this local news. Um, we actually just talked about it a little bit. We talked about a little bit of baseball by talking about Tampa Bay. So let's leave it uh, home-based. And let's talk about these Las Vegas Aviators. Salim, last time we spoke, I told you that this Las Vegas Aviator team had lost three – actually the first three games, to Sacramento. Since talking to you, that Aviator team has not lost since. So that team has won three straight games and are currently sitting at 25 and 28 and are fourth in the Western Division of the Triple A West. They are a half game behind Salt Lake for third place. They are three games behind, if I recall correctly, they are three games behind Tacoma for second place. And they are nine games behind the first place team, the Reno Aces, who they were actually who they will actually begin a six game series with, beginning tomorrow, July eighth, Thursday, July eighth, and that will take place in Reno. Plenty of different things to get to and to talk about in terms of, of this aviator season. But as I said before, we're what is this fifty three? 53 games in? I said 25 and 28, right? Yeah. 53 games in to this season. A lot of changes. Uh, In case you guys are unfamiliar, Jordan Weems, relief pitcher for the Aviators, was designated for assignment during this uh, homestand. And he was picked up by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, we want to go ahead and and wish – and just send out well wishes, rather, to Jordan Weems and his family moving forward with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um – Salim, let's end this first hour talking about the baseball All Star Game. Let's talk about the MLB All Star Game. Um, well, All Star is it a week? They don't call it weekend. No. The Derby is on Monday. The game is on Tuesday. We're right back playing on Thursday.
0: Yeah. Uh, All Star festivities? I don't. I don't know if I'm necessarily mad at it
1: <laughs> that you don't get a weekend or a week. Nah, I'm pissed. If I'm a, if I'm a baseball player, I'm hot. Give yeah, me dude, a weekend. I'm, I'm a baseball player. I'm not a baseball Give player. Give me a weekend, fam. Give me a weekend. Imagine being like, I don't know. You're, you're from Miami. Mm-hmm. You're a Miami fan. Mm-hmm. Salim, if right before All-Star break, I tell you that you got a three-game, a four-game series in Kansas City, how are you feeling? You're going to eat barbecue for the next
0: four days, but how are you feeling? Ah, that Kansas City barbecue, <laughs> delicious.
1: But how are you feeling right now?
0: Well, now that you brought up barbecue, I'm feeling pretty damn good. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Sheesh. All right, so let's let's talk about these rosters. Let's talk about these all-star game rosters. Um, you have them up already. You can yes. let us know which one you want to start with and how you
0: want to go about it. We can go with the AL, uh, the elected starters. Let's do it. Salvador Perez, Vlad Jr., Marcus Simeon, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Teoscar Hernandez, Shohei Ohtani, and the pitcher slash designated hitter is Shohei Ohtani. Now let's go to the reserves. Can you you pause there for a split second? You know what, just do the the full team. Go ahead. Mike Zunino, Jose Altuve, Bo Bichette, Carlos Correa, Matt Olson, Jose Ramirez, Jared Walsh of Terrell's LA Angels, Michael Brantley. That's three Houston Astros, uh, so far. Uh, Joey Gallo, Adolis Garcia, Cedric Mullins, JD Martinez, Nelson Cruz. Starting pitchers and relievers. So don't move on to that yet.
1: You said that's three for Houston, right?
0: And the reserves, yeah, three for Houston, and yeah, total.
1: Celine, make oh, sure no, I'm not tripping.
0: Four, because they have a, a reliever Ryan Presley.
1: And I was gonna say, make sure I'm not going crazy, but isn't that four Blue Jays as well? Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, Teoscar, Teo, uh, excuse me, Teoscar Hernandez, and I'm missing one.
0: Vlad, Marcus Simeon, Marcus Simeon, Teoscar Hernandez, Bo Bichette, and they all. S- yeah, that's it.
1: And just to highlight, guys, in case you were wondering why I wanted to go back and highlight that, aside from me going to pat myself on the back later on about Vlad Jr., Marcus Simeon is a former Oakland athletic. Uh, Aviator team president Don Logan made it very clear to talk about in in terms of uh, Oakland's success, in terms of their farm system and things like that. And one of the things that he pointed to was the fact that Oakland doesn't pay superstar dollars. They're a team. They're going to operate as such – in terms of their their business dealings. And I think one of the main things that he brought up right away was Marcus Simeon in the offseason and him being uh, allowed to kind of just walk. And he walked, obviously, to Toronto, and now he's an All-Star.
0: Can I also just say one thing? Talk to me. I said it before. I was talking to my roommate. I don't know if I've ever said it on here. The numbers, I read an article, it went very in-depth, showed that the cheating the Astros did Had very little to do. Like, it didn't really add any runs. Like, it was basically pointless. It was just stupid on their part. You're like, no, Carlos Correa, Altuve, they can't be good without them. Uh, They're both all-stars, and they're both playing pretty damn well. Uh, Carlos Correa, for sure. Altuve's playing great. Carlos Correa is a different energy for me.
1: Altuve, I don't – no comment. All I was gonna say was Altuve has always been. I'm not gonna say Carlos Correa hasn't been, but I don't. Even with the cheating aspect, and maybe it's because, like you said, I'm I'm an Angels fan. I I've never questioned Jose Altuve. Like he he was good
0: when they were bad. So yeah, like
1: it's just like Jose Altuve is Jose Altuve. Started
0: ask like acting like him and Carlos Correa were like trash. Like without the I'm like yo, I don't like condone what they did. It's not good. It didn't matter. The like, reason
1: why I say Carlos Correa is a different energy for me is because even if, even with the cheating thing, I think Jose Altuve. Unless you're a Yankee fan or a Dodger fan, or maybe a Red Sox fan, you probably don't hate Jose Altuve.
0: He's hated, man. Like he, because of that thing where he went don't rip my with jersey shirt, off. Yeah, he that guy's hated. Does it matter? But,
1: but no. But see, and I, I'm with you as well. Yankee fans, and I know it's a lot of them. They hate him. I'm telling you, I've talked to some Washington National fans. I've talked to certain f- – they they don't care. I've talked to certain Mets fans. They're just looking at them kind of like, eh. You remember what different. Logan Morrison
0: said? I don't. Logan Morrison, former Miami Marlins, by oh, the way. I was just about to say it. He goes, he goes, I don't know why this is a big deal. Every team in the, in the MLB does this. <laughs> they were just dumb enough to get caught. And it doesn't – like, I got to find this article, and I'm going to send it to you. I want you to read it. Cool. It went super in-depth. It didn't help them at all. Like, it had no impact one way or and another. And
1: I, I, I just find that hard to believe. Like,
0: I just – now, I'm sure
1: if people wanted to give you numbers and give you, like, this is, like, the statistics, the the probability, all of that is cool, and I'm with it. For me, I just think of – I'll tell you all the time. We talked about three hardest sports to play. Baseball is probably in that top three for both of us. That split second that I have to decide whether I'm hitting a 12-6 to curveball from Clayton Kershaw or hitting one of his 92-miles-per-hour cutters, if you tell me beforehand which one is coming, I'm going to – regardless of whether I ground out to the third baseman or not, I'm telling you right now it helped me. You get what I mean? Like, I I don't think that you can do something like that and say it didn't help when – that's why I mentioned Carlos Correa being the um, the, the, the different energy for me because I feel like he was the more – everybody else kind of let it be what it was. Carlos Correa was almost abrasive back. I love that, by the way.
0: I, I'm not going to say I, – Well, I, mean, I like be, the attitude, but I – I'm mean, to be very honest. If you cheated, you cheated. I don't care. Like, about any of this – You're I, a
1: Marlon fan and you don't care.
0: I and don't I, You just care. told me about Jose Altuve being hated. Do you He's hate
1: hated. him? Do you hate him?
0: No. But I'm an Angel one, fan and I don't hate him. But I'm one of, like, the non-psychotic baseball fans <laughs> that, like... Dude, you should see how psychotic most of these guys are. They're, like... throw They're ninety Yankee fans, dog. Throw 95 at his head. But not just Yankee. Like, dude, these people are crazy. Anyway. Go ahead and get to the relievers for him. Hold on.
1: Oh, you got something else. I forgot it now. It'll come to you if it's about baseball.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Like, honestly, even when, like, the story dropped, like, you know, that they were, like, banging on the trash cans and they had the camera... Like I, I cared about that. I I really I wanted to, but like I just, baseball players cheat all the time. The Astros were dumb enough to get caught, and they did it in a stupid way. Sign stealing's been going on since since Jesus wore short pants in the desert. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've heard a coach
1: say though, and I've actually I heard a pro say it too, Reese. Maybe Aaron Boone might have said it. If we can steal your signs. You got to get new signs. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, if, we're, if, we're, if we pick up on your signs and we realize the third base coach rubs his belt buckle two times every time it's a still attack, what attempt, are we
0: supposed to do? Ignore that information?
1: Every time I see you rub your belt two times, I'm going to do a pickoff
0: throw or I'm going to pitch out. Whatever the case may be, I'm going to operate accordingly. Baseball is so archaic in some ways, man. Like, you'd think they'd come up with a better system. Then, like, I'm going to rub my belt. Not really. I just think that – I just think for –
1: the system is the system. I think people just need to kind of age with it. And I think the best way of aging with it, you've mentioned it for the past couple of months, is Fernando Tatis. Yeah. I. You know, I'm I'm just – And Trevor Bauer. I know Trevor Bauer is in in a whole other realm right now, but we're talking about Trevor Bauer in terms of the the attitude in terms of pitching. You can't take that away from him. If he did what he did, we're going to take a lot away from him.
0: Oh, as a person, absolutely. We still got relievers up, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Trevor Bauer, that doesn't uh, – I think he's done out here.
1: I haven't done too much research about it. The re- little bit of research that I did do, I was like, oh, this is gross. This looks It really looks gross. bad um it looks really gross yeah uh that's and disgusting. as i said before I, I pay attention to everything around it and once the dodgers put him on leave once dave robert said he expects multiple leave stints multiple seven-day leave stints little what is it injured injured lists or administrative leave lists um once he said that he expects multiple of those and the dodgers took away his our, our august 7th bobblehead promotional night yeah, yeah. If, if I was on the fence before of trying to figure out, oh, well, what's this? What's this question? Which I wasn't necessarily. Um, this doesn't help.
0: No. Uh, you know, I read the, the articles, the New York Post. It looks very bad, and it's very disgusting. Um, again, we're not going to – this isn't the episode where we're going to go into it too much. But, yeah, I think –
1: and when we do go into that, let's revisit uh, Deshaun Watson's situation as well because it was a lot made about that in March, and we're here in July, and we haven't heard too much more about it. So let's revisit that one as well and give everybody an update on that one. Um, what starters and relievers do we have?
0: Shane Bieber. Garrett Cole. Cy Young winner. Nathan avaldi, Kyle Gibson. Yusei Kachio, Kikuchi, sorry. Lance Lynn. Carlos Rondon, Relievers, Matt Barnes, Aroldis Chapman, Liam Hendricks, Ryan Presley, and Gregory Soto.
1: Um, we already paused about two things that I didn't expect to already, so I'm not going to do it two more times. Do you want me to talk about Shohei Ohtani? Or, actually, I'm going to talk about Shohei. I already talked about Vlad Guerrero, guys. I'm patting myself on the back already. Vlad Guerrero will be the All-Star Game MVP um <clears throat> and i say all of that to say that shohei otani is playing out of his freaking mind right now yeah absolutely hit a home run earlier today to break the record for most home runs before an all-star break by a japanese-born player do you remember hideki matsui i do the, legend, sure you would. the legend the lead the, le- the lefty legend of hideki, hideki matsui man uh just had his record broken by shohei otani who now has, I believe, 32 home runs before the All-Star break. Um, I, I think Tyler asked before, asked the question of, would Shohei um, pitch and in, hit in the All-Star game? And I told him that I'm pretty sure that if if it hadn't been done before, something would be arranged for Shohei to, to do. And, um, yeah, I, I will say I'm excited to see it. Would you rather see – maybe you can help me out with this. Would you rather see Shohei start the game in right field, for instance, or as a DH, hitting and then have Shohei close the game? Or would you rather have Shohei start the game as on the mound and then end the game in right field, for instance?
0: The former. I'd rather him close the game pitching. I think that would be tight. I think it would be so different. Yeah, it's just I don't know. He he's a once in a generation type player. I mean I don't know, man. That guy is actually like fun to watch. There's I know of at least two human beings on this planet right now that don't really care too much about baseball or having a long time and literally like tune in to Angels games even though they're not Angels fans to watch him play. It's good for the game. It's fun. He's awesome. Do you want me to tell you what's really going through my
1: hair right now? I I should be so happy with some of the stuff that you said, but I'm so frustrated. Um, You said that this is a a once-in-a-generation player.
0: Don't the Angels have two of those? I was going to say that, and I stopped myself because you're an Angels fan. And I don't want to say what I was thinking, which was like they got two once in a generation type players with a. It can't
1: make the postseason. Yeah. Like I, I told, I told my brother yesterday. My brother called me and asked me something about the um, Inland Empire Drillers, I believe, which I think may be the Double A team for the for the athletic. I mean, for the um, Angels organization. And <clears throat> excuse me. He asked me something about uh, Shohei, and I told him, like, I'm excited about seeing what Shohei has done, but I told him, like, I, the Angels, I just can't do it anymore. And in case you guys are wondering what I'm wearing, this is a Josh Hamilton jersey. Um, we can talk about that separately if you guys want to. Josh Hamilton isn't perfect by any means, but I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you should stand behind anybody who admits their flaws because we have so many people that are walking around trying to mask them. Um excuse me
0: can I also say one thing too sure it's random NL East right Marlins 38 and 47 they beat the Dodgers tonight 9-6 they beat them last night too I forget what exactly the score was they're last in the division at 38 and 47 right get this they have the best differential in the division though they're plus 25 they have the best run you talking about some bad luck and I, I, we've been with the on, aviators before. You got more. The team right in front of them, the Phillies, who are three and a half games up on the Marlins, have a negative twenty-one differential. We talked about that this That is with a the forty-six. Point. Sorry. No, we talked about this. With the aviators. The aviators were
1: were what second or third in the in the division and had the worst run differential. They were minus thirty-four or something. That's what happens when you lose twenty-one to four. Yeah. Your losses are horrific. That's all it means.
0: In baseball and basketball and football, yes, but it also points to a larger trend, which is that you're winning, but you're winning not very largely, and you're losing, in the words of uh, hm. 45, bigly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's going to prison. Um, hey, man. But... Yeah, and point differentials is a big thing. Too bad, you know, my Marlins, uh, plus 25, still last in the division. I'll stand by what I said, though. They're going to win 70 games.
1: I think you're actually right on that. And when you said it before, I told you I wasn't going to argue with you because your team has proven nah, you that right. That
0: 65 over-under thing was disrespectful. Somewhat. Yeah, I was about to say something.
1: Um, But as I told my brother before, I just if, if you're telling me that we have two generational players on the Angels – And we had a machine in Albert Pujols. The thing that I continue to go back to, I understand that Garrett Richards had, um, I believe, a torn UCL and had to go through Tommy John surgery and even had injuries before that. That was the best thing we had for quite some time. I mean, and we, we don't have to get too somber here, but they lost two potential big time players for them in the future and Nick Aidenhart and Tyler Skaggs who are both starting pitchers. So I don't know whether you ask say you something what's
0: up. As an Angels fan, and I'm being dead serious here, what do you think is the answer? And I don't mean like something general like get better players. I mean like do you have an answer of like a not super detailed but like what they have to do to maximize Trout and Otani. You can get back to me on that one if you don't have it right away.
1: No, I do have an answer, but you said to maximize Mike Trout and, and Shohei Otani. Not, I don't think that there's much else no, that you no, can no, do. Not ma-
0: that's a bad term because they're already maximized. Like Those guys are already. I, mean, I don't, I don't even want to call
1: it a bad term because I get what you mean. Get the most out of them. And Not even, even
0: out of them, because they're doing what they can. But hold on, hold
1: on. When I say get the most out of them, I mean winning, too. Oh, okay. That Yeah, winning. Because that's a part of your stat line.
0: How do, how do they?
1: So I'm with you on everything that you've said so far. I have an answer for you. It's just, it's, I don't want to sound blasphemous in saying it. <sighs> Salim, you're my witness. You were with me when. I think I know what you're going to say. You were with me when the news broke that Anthony Rendon was signing with the Angels. And my initial reaction was, great, is he gonna pitch? Bryce Harper laughed at the prospect of going to Anaheim. Garrett Cole did as well. Yeah. Mesa Hero, we lost Mesa Hero Tanaka. We were one of the, the final um one of the final bidders in for Mesa Hero Tanaka. I don't know if you're ever gonna outbid the pinstripes, but it's not the point. The Angels lose too much in terms of that. So, Celine, I'm going to tell you two answers. Either turn your attention to scouting and pitching. Your big signees need to come in the world of pitching. Remember how nobody knew who the hell Joe Panic was until mm-hmm. the Giants made you know who Joe, who Joe Panic was? Mm-hmm. Amazing name, too. Remember how he didn't know who the hell Robinson Cano was? Until we knew who Robinson Cano was? I want the Angels to do that. The Angels
0: are fourth in batting. Roughly, I mean, I'm going off. But they're 26th in pitching. They sit with a record of 44 and 42. I'm not an Angels fan, necessarily. Like, I'm a Marlins fan. But I want them to be good because Mike Trout... And Shohei Otani. Because it's good for baseball. It's good for baseball. I want to see those guys in the playoffs. They are fun to watch. You know what I mean? So, I don't know.
1: I want to see them. Until the Angels change it, I'm going to continue to say that Mike Trout's lone playoff appearance was getting swept in three games by the Kansas City Royals. God, that's depressing. And I'm never going to let that go. I don't care.
0: Um, Do you know who's fifth in the league in pitching?
1: Let's run through um Miami all of the rosters really quick, and uh, so we can get out of this first hour.
0: Okay, I know. Talking
1: about the Angels is so stressful.
0: Buster Posey, Freddie Freeman, yeah. Adam Frazier, Nolan Arenado, Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker. Reserves, Chris Bryant, Jazzy JT Romieto, former Miami-Mond.
1: I just I'm going to pause you really quick because you just saw me shake my head and you paused. My dad texted me and said maximize them by sending them somewhere else.
0: I mean, at that point, just contract the Angels then.
1: If somebody wanted to tell the Angels to relocate,
0: I wouldn't be upset. If they were to come to Vegas, well, how would you feel? About Vegas or about the Angels? Because <laughs> I mean Oakland doesn't have two baseball teams. I would
1: think that the I would think that the city of Vegas would be excited for the moment. And then realize what they've gotten themselves into? Absolutely. And as for the Angels, I don't know that it changes anything. I and, oh, and let me give you my second answer. You ready for my second answer? Mm. Aside from turning your attention to scouting and pitching fam, I'm very, very close to just saying that they're they're the clippers of baseball. That they just they just they just just bad luck bro. For you to win and I've said this before, for you to win and no disrespect to this person because again he was one of my favorites but for you to win a World Series in 0-2 with Darren Erstad as your starting center fielder, there's no way in hell that Mike Trout shouldn't make the postseason. Under any circumstances. But at the time, never mind, never mind, never mind. Let's go.
0: Brandon Let's go. Crawford, Jake Cronenworth.
1: Salim is bubbling in me. The last time we, I think we had a good rotation was Jarrett Weaver, Bartolo Colon, and John Lackey.
0: Oh, my – I remember that. I remember that rotation.
1: And we were getting our ass whooped by Boston one day, and John Lackey threw at somebody for, like, celebrating their home run too long. And they asked him after the game, like, why would you – do that. The game was out of reach. And his whole response was like, not finna show us up. I don't care what this is. That's what the Angels are missing.
0: I told you, I'm about to cut this mic off. Why'd you do it? Eduardo Escobar, Max Muncie, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Brian Reynolds, Cal Schwarber, Juan Soto, Chris Taylor. All right, man, let's be
1: honest. Talk to me about um you could you could do whatever you want. But I'm going to give you a topic to talk about for the next two minutes or so. I think that this Atlanta Braves team has championship ridden all over them.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I could easily see them winning the title. It's not looking great right now, but, you know, again, they're f- below 500, but they have a plus 16 point dif- uh, run differential. That can tell you something about how the future might go. Because right now, that seems to think they're losing a lot of close games. Can I tell you why I'm really high on Atlanta? Because they have amazing players?
1: That too. (laughs) Aside from the fact that I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is – I believe people paid attention to him a little last year in the postseason. Yeah. But even last year during the regular season, I kept telling people, like, Atlanta's got something down there. Like, Atlanta has a superstar who, if they continue to win, he's a part of that new generation of, as you always say, the new generation that's going to piss off the baseball purists. Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of those people as well. You know one stat that I'm going to give you? I shouldn't say stat, but one fact that I'm going to give you really quick. Do you know that Brian Snicker – his first year at the major league level, and I don't want to be wrong, his first year at the major league level managing was Ronald Acuna's f- rookie season and was Ozzy Albi's second season.
0: Interesting. That I didn't know.
1: Brian Snicker has grown with his team. And I just think that's not talked about enough. Remember how I pointed – see, I, I'm not doing it again with the Angels, but remember how I s- pointed to scouting? That's what I mean. Nobody may have been talking about Atlanta four years ago, but Brian Snicker was there.
0: You got anything else from the NL? Uh, yeah. Pit starting pitchers and relievers. Cool. Corbin Burns, Hugh Darvish, Jacob DeGrom, Kevin Gossman, Herman Marquez, Trevor Rogers of the Miami ones, Zach Wheeler, Brandon Woodruff, relievers Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrel, Alex Reyes and Mark Melancon. You
1: ready to move on to the Home Run Derby? Yeah. Only reason why is cuz I was going to say something else about um that but we'll we'll keep it short for right now. Uh Matt Olson was one of the names that you mentioned in the All-Star game on in the AL for the Oakland A's. Did you mention any other Oakland A's? Let me go and check. You might have said Ramon Loriano. I think you might have said Ramon Laureano, and I could be wrong. Um, Matt Olson is also going to participate in the home run Derby, so no, I think just Matt Olson, just Matt Olson. So if you're a hometown um, fan and you support the Aviators, so that means you support the Oakland Athletics, then you know what that means? That means that you were supporting Matt Olson in this all-Star game and you were probably rooting for Matt Olson in this home run Derby. Let's talk about this home run Derby field really quick. I think I actually have it, too. Dad, you're not sorry. Stop texting me.
0: He's he's not sorry.
1: He's not sorry. Like, why are you texting me? So, home run derby. Field is set. Shouldn't surprise anybody that Shohei Ohtani is number one in that bracket. However, here's the fun part. Nah, let me not do that. One is obviously squaring off with eight, and then you have two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. So let's do this the fun way. Let's go four, five, three, six, two, seven, one, eight. So the four-five matchup is Salvador Perez and Pete Alonso. Pete Alonzo was technically the fifth um, one in this, in this home run derby. Are we going Pete Alonso?
0: I think Vlad Jr. is going to win. I know that's like the easy pick, you know, but it's kind of like picking a home run derby. I don't know if it's an eat, but like, you know, everybody's kind of got that feel because he's are you
1: looking at this right now? Because I was like, Vlad's not in it.
0: Is he not in the home run derby?
1: Vlad is not in it. Huh? No, sir. What happened? Salvador Perez is number four against number five,
0: Pete Alonso, And then
1: we have our, our very own Matt Olsen at number three. Wasn't against he? Trey Mancini, who's number six.
0: Well, okay, I don't, I don't know how
1: that happened. Yeah, so he was in the finals last year as well too. Um, it was like a week ago. I swear to God, he was whatever. Google it, Google it, and see if he uh, if he changed his mind. Um,
0: yeah. I, oh I, yeah, I this is where we're at. I don't care at this point.
1: <laughs> so the two seven matchup is Joey Gallo and Trevor Story. And then the 1-8, as I mentioned before, is Shohei Ohtani. And this is what's so interesting to me. It's Shohei Ohtani against Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals. I think we're going to see a lot of upsets in this, in this home run derby. If we looked up and Salvador Perez was facing off against Trevor Story in the finals, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: Oh, this is what I read. Yeah, June 15th, three weeks ago said, Vlad Jr.'s leaning towards participating in Home Run Derby. Obviously, he leaned against it.
1: <laughs> so It looks to be that way. Uh, it appears to be that way. So Juan Soto was obviously in because of that reason. Let's talk about this last portion of it while we have two minutes to do it. You mentioned the fact that this takes place at Coors Field. What are you expecting in not only just the Home Run Derby, but the All-Star game? Did you hear me?
0: No, I'm – uh, yeah. I'm oh, I was
1: about to say, I don't know if you caught it.
0: I think the AL is going to win the game. And the home run there, I have no idea. Vlad was my pick, and then you just kind of blew my mind right now. <laughs> Actually, it's better because I would imagine I would have watched that, and I was like, "Yo, oh, where's Vlad? Am I missing – maybe I went up to the couch, uh, to, the, to the fridge to get something. I missed his p- –
1: and now he's out. Now he's gotten a little Oh, limit. I guess he
0: got out early. I, don't know, I didn't see him.
1: You'd be surprised.
0: And honestly, I, I
1: <sighs> superstars we we've seen it before, in terms of um, I shouldn't say superstars, stars in general, in terms of the NBA as well, in terms of the dunk contest. We saw Blake Griffin participate once, and Blake kind of let it be known, I'm doing this once. I think if Zion, I think Zion if he did want to do it, he wanted to do it one of the first two years already, and New Orleans has kind of kept him from doing it. I don't know that he won't do it one year. But if he does, that's a one-off.
0: Yeah, no, it's a one-off thing.
1: Uh, I'm starting to think that this home run derby is starting to be the same way.
0: And I hope we get to at least see... Uh, oh, never mind, I'm going back now. Uh,
1: oh, but so you, you're reminiscing on what you would like to see?
0: Yeah, I, I, it's basketball, so I didn't want to get off topic. But I want to see Zion in a dunk contest. We never got LeBron in one for many reasons. Right. Uh, But, which, whatever. I mean, it's the
1: same way. Would you like to see Mike Trout in a home run derby?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it would be cool, like a one-time thing. I don't need to see him every year in it. Like, right. You know what I mean? And for what it's worth, too, I think it's
1: kind of different when you get the superstars to participate. I mean, when Aaron Judge did it, I believe in, what was that, San Diego? And John Carlos Stanton did when I uh, as what,
0: Like, two. I'm sorry, in basketball, basketball and basketball. baseball, it's more fun when the stars, are, like, don't get me wrong, I like, I like when certain guys, you know, in the dunk contest, three point contest, uh, home run derby, who aren't like, well known, get their shot, but at the end of the day, I don't know.
1: So we're not going to say superstars. We're going to say stars, and we're going to ask you this question, and I'm getting out of this first hour. Shohei Ohtani, Juan Soto, Salvador Perez, Pete Alonso, Joey Gallo, Trevor Story, Matt Olson, Trey Mancini. How many baseball stars did I just mention in this home run derby? Give me a number, and don't you give me a name.
0: Shit, I wasn't listening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Want me to read the eight, eight, eight names again? Yeah, read the eight names again. Shohei Ohtani, Juan Soto. Salvador Perez, Pete Alonso, Joey Gallo, Trevor Story, Matt Olson, Trey Mancini. How many stars did I just name in baseball?
0: Four.
1: I was leaning between three and four. And yeah. this is an eight-person field.
0: Yeah. Not to say that, like, they're all good, obviously. Clearly. But in terms of, like, Star power There's four
1: as soon as we cut this video off. We're gonna address some of these names off (laughs) Behind the scenes and off camera, but we'll be right back guys with hour number two of talk that talk stay tuned Talk that talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest Superbook in the world for over 50 years This hotel was formerly the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade if you want to be a part of this energy Come meet us down here at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, visit us at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Um, My mom asked me if I did her tip in. Yes, mom, I did your tip in. I started the show with it. So we're actually going to start hour number two with my dad's tip in. And then Salim is kicking me out the studio because we did the show late. Um... I have something to clean up in this second hour, and then uh, we can get into more pressing topics. So this first one from my dad, or this tip-in from my dad, rather. Sports is an intervention, whether it's the chain-smoking racetrack better or the one that only plays in the Super Bowl square game. Lots of people use sports as an escape from the stresses of every day. Two guys from different neighborhoods may mean mug each other in the street, but if the Packers and the Cowboys are on, a few beers and back a few beers back and forth, and some jaw jacking back and forth, ends with that that was a hell of a game. The most heated rivals can become the best of friends because of because of the love of sports. Win, lose or tie, most fans are fans till they die.
0: It's very very true. You can see it like. At certain, especially at certain heat games.
1: I hope you say what I'm thinking. I
0: don't know what you're thinking, but at certain heat games, you could see like certain people like cheering together. And it's like, man, in real life, you guys would never even look at each other. At all. Because it's just different social. You
1: start turning around, high-fiving people that you've never. So I'll give you this. You know one what st- it's like when you're in a. Is that my cousin? That is Touchdown Timmy on the television. Oh, hell yeah. They are showing everything got to stop. Everything got to stop. Because I damn near want to call him, but if he wasn't in Texas, I'd do it right now. Shout out to Touchdown Timmy. Shout out to Mr. Raider. Shout out to the legend, to the Hall of Famer that is Tim Brown. Shout out to the Heisman Trophy winner. Shout out to the Notre Dame product. I just had to get that out of the way. Shout out to my it's cousin.
0: It's kind of like, uh, I don't. I don't know. When you're assigned, like, a group project <laughs> with, like, random people from your lecture and, like, you guys just are totally different and you know, like, outside of this group project.
1: I would never talk to you. You just
0: run in different circles. You got, like, a goth <laughs> kid versus the, the kid who plays football. You got the girl with the OnlyFans. You got the girl with the OnlyFans. <laughs> you got
1: the you, you got the the generation before us, the, the one person from the generation before us that came back to school. And
0: it's like, oh, you know what? This, this is a perfect like, group for this. It's like that show Community with Allison Brie. <laughs>
1: It's the perfect group for this. Um, See, in terms yeah, of sports can do in terms of what you just said, literally, like you wouldn't speak to anybody. I'll be honest with you, man. You've you've been out with me, and I love the fact that uh not that I'm in I don't want this to sound away. Not that I'm antisocial by no means, but I love the fact that we did this podcast, uh or we did the podcast, shout out to the OD. And we did the OD podcast one time, and Taylor Shaw was on one of the episodes, and she mentioned that, um, I think I mentioned my nickname, Chatterbox, and she kind of looked at me and was like, you don't talk. Like, you be on campus with your headphones in, you don't talk to nobody. And I laughed, and I told her, like, it's a family nickname, but we use it for the radio show. Like, if I'm talking sports, it's like an alter ego. It's like a persona type thing. Right, right. And I told her, I was like, but in all seriousness, I said, not to sound like that, but... It's my job to interview people that I probably wouldn't talk to if it wasn't for my job. Yeah. So if I don't have to talk to you, I'm probably not going to. So I say that to say that you've been out <laughs> when, with me. And my headphones are in usually. I'm usually not talking to anybody. And I say all of that to say I was downtown for the 4th of July weekend. And I was downtown. Shout out to all the Fremont. I, I expect to to have some business down there very, very soon. Um, I'm walking and I see this guy smoking a cigar and he has on an old school Larry Bird jersey. Okay, cool. Let that man rock. I'm on my phone texting somebody trying to see if I'm meeting them. Somebody walks by him drinking, kind of stumbling. Taps him on the back when he turns around, all he does is this. And if you guys can't see, he takes his his shirt or jersey and he kind of kind of shows the guy in front like read it. I'm on my phone. I'm not bothered by any of y'all. I don't care as long as y'all don't get too close to me. I'm on my phone. The second gentleman who walked up comes to me and said, oh, now he don't want to talk. Now he don't want to talk. Of course, then now I pay attention to the jersey. The gentleman walked up with a Shaquille O'Neal Los Angeles Lakers jersey. That awkward standoff between those two men ended in laughs for all three of us.
0: Sports really does bring, uh I don't know, man. Sports is, like, I love sports. It's the why I'm here like I love it. You know, it's it's unfortunate nothing is real.
1: Unfortunately, we got to get to something that's not the fun part of sports right oh, now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, let's talk. About and that. I got to uh I got to cop some pleas really quick. I got to I got to follow up really quick because you guys know for a fact while I do stand on everything that I say, I've always been one of those that say that you you're never too big to be corrected in anything of that nature. And if you listen to the podcast and you know me, you know I always talk about the people that I have around me, the support system, the support groups that I have around me, and a lot of them are black women. So as tell people at the time, the people that are in my life that are really, really close to me, they know that they can check me if need be. And I didn't think I'd said anything last show that needed to be checked. I didn't. I didn't think I said anything crazy. And I had somebody say, what was the first thing that came out your mouth when you brought the Rachel Nichols situation? And I was like, um, my experiences with her. And anybody I talked to said, yeah, that wasn't the time.
0: Oh, you had people bring it up to you? I said, Oh.
1: I said, I didn't view it from that perspective. But you know what I also said? How did you feel about when I told every story about Kobe being hard on the media? And the first thing that I go to is me telling every media member that tells me that my two experiences with Kobe were amazing. <laughs> Did you feel away way then as well? Mm. And most people didn't really have an answer for that. So I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong. But if that's the way that that was perceived, then I got to do better. However, I do just want the record to show I'm pretty consistent. So I don't want the situation to look like oh it was a black woman you came to the defense of the other woman i did the same thing with kobe and nobody said anything so that's that's just the one thing i also want to say now let's get directly into the situation as if it as if it wasn't said before on uh sunday's episode as i said before maria taylor covers six different sports for espn She covers men and women's college basketball. She covers college football. She covers volleyball. She covers the NBA and the NFL. Celine, we've talked about this before. You're a witness to this. You being one of the veteran writers at the newspaper when we were over at UNLV, you would tell the newer writers, even if they were older. When we got into that newsroom we used to tell people who were only good at writing, you're only going to go so far. You got to do something else. You got to learn how to tweet. You got to learn how to take a picture. You got to learn how to interview. You got to learn how to do something else. I'm not saying that Rachel Nichols doesn't know how to do all of those things, but I think that we could look at Maria Taylor and say that Maria Taylor is pretty much. Visual representation of what we what do we always say, Salim, of where this media thing is headed. The way that Maria Taylor can effortlessly conduct NBA on ESPN with Chauncey Billups and Jalen Rose to her left and reference Twitter, reference trending topics on Twitter. And you have people like us that caught it. And you have 60-year-old mom and pops who's sitting at home who may have even got the reference.
0: One of the biggest reasons why I dislike a lot of... I'm not even going to get into the first take because that's even to what I'm about to say another level of just, like, hot takey, no analysis, just, like, narrative, just disgusting, like, going back on what you said three days ago and then changing it (laughs) two days later. Not because you actually change your opinions, just like to say it for the views, which whatever, that's fine. That's what it's there for. But Rachel Nichols, a lot of the time, like somebody said it on Twitter and KD actually liked the tweet. It's like Rachel was actually like a big part of like pushing a lot of the uh, away, not away from, but like just pushing this narrative based NBA talk as ESPN did as a whole rather than actually talking basketball. I don't know. And I, I see that. It's not just her. It's ESPN as a whole.
1: But in terms of narratives, in terms of narrative, excuse me, um, and again, this sounds like I'm just coming to her defense. I'm not talking about just her. But in terms of creating a narrative, we say it all the time. Like our job, I think Stephen A. says it as well. Our job as reporters is to chronicle the season. Storylines come up. Like, you know what they I mean? They do. Like, it, 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 analysis should be included with it. But I do believe, I mean, for what it's worth, we just completed a Vegas Golden to night season where we talked every game, literally every single game. But we, we knew what trends we were coming away. With. We were walking away at the, end of the, at the end of a week, and we're like, oh, the team won four games, dropped one, whatever the case may be. But we were still sitting at the end of the week saying what's going to happen come postseason time with these two goalies. And then we saw it. the storyline kind of was the storyline. CP3 in 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 his battles against uh three and one was a real thing. That was a it, yeah. It was a narrative, whether people wanted it to be one or not. It, it is, um, so I, there's only so much that can be said about that. However, I do feel like two things need to be said really quick. Um, I mentioned on the show on Sunday that while Rachel Nichols was extremely helpful to me in terms of giving me um, advice and things of that nature. I said something, and you even looked at me away when I said it, and you was like, I don't know if you thought about it, maybe you said, hmm. But I told you it never dawned on me until after the Maria Taylor situation. And I thought in that moment, could she have helped me because she didn't see me as a threat? And that may have went in some people's ears and out the other that began to res- began to resonate so much more for me the day after when Steven Jackson came to her defense and hours later when Kendrick Perkins came to her defense. The only person that somewhat came to her defense but still held her accountable was Richard Jefferson.
0: And RJ, he, he kind of tells it like it is. He's very open.
1: No, I mean... Fam, like, we, we know. We know. It doesn't surprise me that RJ is the voice of reason. Is the voice of reason, excuse me. But when I seen nothing but black men defending her and knowing that I was one of them, it led me to believe even more that this situation is nastier. Because I haven't heard one woman, white, black, or indifferent, come to Rachel Nichols' defense.
0: Yeah, I just.
1: That hasn't been lost on me.
0: You know, we talked about it. uh, We talked about it last week and you didn't hear. So we played the speech for you. And there was more. I didn't know that there was more after that. Yeah. I didn't hear the more.
1: The Black Lives Matter and the Me Too. I think she was talking to some LeBron spokesperson who, and by the way, we need to get his name as well because Rachel shouldn't be just getting this flag because she mentioned Maria Taylor's name. That comment that was made about between Me Too and Black Lives Matter, I just don't have anything left. I could take that statement and rip it apart a couple different ways if oh, you yeah. truthfully wanted me to. And if you're that close to LeBron James, I bet you he could too. I would love to know what that gentleman is doing today and what you're gonna be doing next week.
0: Yeah. It's a very
1: good point. Cause you're a spokesperson for who? Not the LeBron all right, never mind. All right. ESPN's response, ESPN didn't have one for quite some time. And what I, what I tell you all the time, Salim, my favorite thing to put in a story <laughs> is Salim <Celine> Dweck <laughs> refused to cli- to comment or declined to comment or whatever the case may be. Because I'll tell you, Salim, if you're more comfortable with that paper saying that you refused to comment than you thinking of anything else that you could say right now, then cool. If you like it, I love it. I read in the New York Times, I read in the L.A. Times, and I read one other place, might have been SB Nation or something, that said ESPN declined to comment after Ra- the Rachel Nichols uh, tape leaked. They could have not commented because they were going to do this the whole time, or they could have not commented because they really wanted this to go away. Regardless of the fact, they didn't comment, but they did have a response. They responded by taking Rachel Nichols off of sideline reporting during the 2021 NBA Finals, which kicked off Tuesday, which was yesterday. By the way, how awkward would that have been for Maria Taylor to introduce Rachel Nichols?
0: <laughs> that would be very awkward.
1: And I, I have never met Maria Taylor. I would like to. Maria Taylor, shout out to my goddad. My goddad had told me that you can't make demands until you're in demand. Rachel Nichols may not have wanted to do that. But Maria Taylor's contract is up with ESPN on the 20th. Mm. She wants to be one of the top 20 highest paid personalities at the station. Or at the network, excuse me. I think it's a fair want. If I was Maria Taylor, that number would move up, and I would be wanted, I would want to be placed in the top 14 now, maybe the top 12. And on top of that, if we can't come to an agreement and I, as Maria Taylor end up somewhere like Fox Sports One, just the mere vis just the mere visibility. The mere visual of me being at FS1, coming off of the hills of that, doesn't look good for you. So you might want to do anything to just keep me, even if it's for two years, even if it's for three years. You might not want me to leave right now. Mm -hmm. So let's say that ESPN wasn't going to take Rachel Nichols off of sideline reporting. Give me a percentage of the chance that Maria Taylor walked in and said, I'm not doing the finals if Rachel Nichols is.
0: What do, you, what do I think ESPN would do?
1: I think we saw what they would do. Yeah. In terms of percentage, I would give you about 90%, I believe, she did it. I've never met her, and I believe she did it. And just because of the way that they obliged, I believe that we will be hearing very soon, maybe in the next month or so, that Maria Taylor has
0: re-upped with ESPN. So you think... She told the SPN if Rachel's doing it, I'm not doing it. Absolutely. I agree.
1: And they couldn't have a visual of Maria Taylor not there, even if Rachel wasn't. No, I agree. Cause now it looks like you're punishing both. So I say all of that to say let's end let's end this particular segment with the that's out there now. I didn't think I was gonna do it. But I'm ending this with it because I have I have been so vocal in my support for the league um yeah and I'll come all the way out with this and say while I was at UNLV I'm I'm gonna get into Team USA in a second as well shout out to Craig Miller from International Basketball from Team USA and I want to say shout out to everybody over at, at the NBA literally everybody over at the NBA um Always made sure we had what we needed when we were at UNLV. When I started the company that we're, that we're running now, Talk That Talk Media, like I said, the NBA, Craig Miller, uh, I've already mentioned the Aviators and Jim Gemma. Um, Just certain entities have made it just super smooth for us. And I say all of that to say that I haven't really had a, a deferring point too much from anything that Adam Silver has done until now adam silver was asked about the the dilemma the drama between rachel nichols and and maria taylor and his response was quite interesting to me his response was it's very and i'm you know what i don't even know if i had the picture but i'm gonna just shoot from the hip he said something along the lines of Wait a minute. Maybe I do have it. Yep. Adam Silver was asked about the reports on Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor, and his response was, it's unfortunate that two women are pitted against each other. I'm going to read that one more time. Adam Silver said in response to Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor that it's unfortunate that two women are pitted against each other. Here's why I had a problem with what people told me about in terms of what I said on Sunday. I know the way I felt when I read that. And I hope I didn't make anybody feel like that. But I also didn't say this. You can't say that it's unfortunate that two women are pitted against each other when one obviously did the pitting.
0: Yeah, that that was a bad, like he made it sound like it's like like a both sides thing. You know. You mentioned 45 earlier. That was very nice people on both sides. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Fam, what? It's a common tactic, you know, to both sides things to make it seem like.
1: Adam Silver hasn't both sides too much of anything in this world. He stood with the NBA against China. Yeah. You can't pick between Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor, not in terms of who's the better analyst, in terms of who was right and wrong in this situation. Exactly. One didn't say anything.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's bad. Uh, I'm in total agreement with you there. I, I, all,
1: <laughs> you know what? And part of me was going to say that Adam Silver was probably caught off guard with the question. I ain't never seen Adam Silver ner- flirt, flustered, nervous, off guard, tap dancing.
0: I mean, he definitely was an off-guard. He was very cutthroat when he made the decision to choose money over over injuries.
1: Can I ask you a quick question really quick, Salim? And maybe this is just the elephant in the room.
0: Why do black women make people so nervous? I mean, I don't know, man. History of racism in this country, in this world. But specifically, I mean, we're in this country, so let's talk about this country. You know? delves pretty deep like black women being portrayed as uh masculine and like hyper independent we see the jokes you know uh you know so i think that that's what it stems from i mean we could do an entire episode podcast about how race of like the history of racism in america affected how certain people are perceived now even in unconscious, subconscious ways, to where you're not even aware you're doing it. Um, but yeah, that's.
1: <coughs> and ironically enough, this next topic is literally just gonna kind of flow in with this. Uh, stop talking about her for a little bit for a couple of episodes, but now we're right back to it. I believe back to back episodes, and that's Shakira Richardson. Um. I don't know if I tweeted it cuz I had so many emotions going through my head at the moment. I tweeted after I saw this news that the world on black women is alive and well. And I was going to tweet that and I might have I may have tweeted it following the announcement that Shakiri Richardson was not chosen for the four women relay team.
0: Salim, how is that possible? Sucks, man. I was l- really looking forward to it because, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, when it comes to Olympic sports, the majority of them, we don't really pay attention unless it's, like, the Olympics and then... Word. And then, like, I used to always get really excited to watch Usain Bolt. I mean, the guy's last name is Bolt. I mean, that's... I mean, for what is worth, Never mind. You know, so... I... I it sucks man yeah. but i was just gonna
1: kind of back off of one of your points and you mentioned uh um being excited to see you saying boat and we you just said it like nobody's watching swimming year-round no. like not gonna speak for every black person i will speak for majority black people in my generation if you ask somebody their favorite swimmer they're gonna tell you michael Phelps.
0: and i think that's honestly just the majority of people at this point
1: Nobody was watching swim no. until you realized that it was something, cra- something crazy, something crazy w-
0: going on in that water. Name one water polo player. I couldn't do it. Me either. Name two
1: water sports. Name two. What is? What is? What is? Uh, what do they call it? Aquatic sports. Aquatic sports. Yeah. Name two aquatic sports that's not water polo or swimming. It's
0: mm, a good one. Uh, diving. I guess. Ah. Still kind so, of swimming. You gotta swim. You gotta swim. Anyone is gonna. But I mean, any aquatic sport is gonna be swimming because if you don't swim, you die. Damn. Mm. I
1: guess you got a good point.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I seen like a rugby damn near in- underwater and it was too much for me.
0: I was like, "Fam,
1: who are you grabbing? You're not grabbing me underwater.
0: I don't know who's trying to hold me underwater. We're not doing that." You know, when I when I first like learned that water polo, like it was like twelve feet deep. The water. I'm not doing that. I was like, that's crazy. Not like, doing that. The stamina they need to have to be able to do that. Not doing that. No.
1: I, I'll make a confession right here. I don't like opening my eyes underwater.
0: Me either. I don't like opening my eyes underwater. Even if I have goggles on, I don't like it. <laughs> the few times I've worn goggles, I, I don't like it. <laughs> Honestly, I just don't. I just, he said, just, I don't like it. All right, man. Um.
1: I don't know what else to say about the Shakira Richardson situation aside from keep your head up, baby girl. Um, I think I, she's going to be good. I, I, think, I think she th- is too. But I think while everybody goes through talking about mental health and things of that nature, it was very well documented about her mother. It was well documented about her marijuana use, right? Now, what do you think you telling her don't participate in this Olympics f- during this summer would do to her. That's all I wish people under people understood and or took into consideration. Because if we claim that we care about mental health, somebody should, should check on her right now.
0: Because Absolutely. she was
1: very open about saying that she's been working since for as long as she can remember for this moment. So if she willingly made the decision to smoke weed. While still competing, one could argue that instincts would want to go right back to it, right? I'm not competing. But that's why I want people to question what if she seems like a strong person. I believe she's a strong person. I'm not saying that you're weak if you do it at all. But what if she didn't do weed? What if she didn't want to try weed? And what if she went to something bigger and heavier? You mentioned it last week. Yeah. So now what if this sends her down a different road? I just can't we can't coincide the oh we care about the 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 athlete's well being, but we make decisions like this that cause for almost we talked about prison before, that cause for almost no rehabilitation. We've done a really, really good job in terms of not cursing, and I think moving forward with what we're trying to do, we probably won't be able to curse as much. But how many other ways can you tell that young girl, fuck you?
0: You're, you're 100% right. And
1: sh-
0: I do got some good news for you,
1: and then we can get out of here talking about USA Basketball. You ready? The Nevada Athletic Commission. That means anybody who participates in Vegas in terms of mixed martial arts or boxing, they will not be tested for
0: marijuana. That's good.
1: When does Nate Diaz fight again?
0: (laughs) Uh, I need
1: Nate to just throw out packs, bro. I do. I need Nate to just walk into the press conference and
0: throw packs out. Even though I'm sure, like, fighters have fought high before. I don't
1: know how drug testing works. What if you get in there and whip somebody's tail and then they drug test you afterwards?
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm sure it's happened at least once where guys, out of all the UFC and boxing fights that have ever happened, I think it's happened a couple times where guys walked into that ring high. You could play basketball high. You could do certain things. Tell you what. I don't know about you. I haven't smoked in a while.
1: Not trying to fight. Not trying to
0: fight high. I am not getting in that (laughs) UFC ring high.
1: Not doing that. I'm not getting in the UFC ring sober.
0: Yeah, no. uh, I hate to say it, but you might have a better chance of me getting in there high than you
1: would sober. I'm not doing it sober.
0: I'm not getting in that
1: ring. Right, mine? I'm not doing that. So, I mean, Mike Tyson said that he was high during the Roy Jones fight. His own admission.
0: I believe that 100%. They weren't testing him. Come on.
1: Even if he did... Piss dirty beforehand. What are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, cancel the fight.
1: No, you're not. Exactly. So, <laughs> so that was that wasn't gonna happen regardless. Um, so let let's let's keep conversation Olympic really quick. Um, we will highlight. Uh, I guess we will shine a quick light on the NBA Finals. Of course, CP3 is thirty two and nine, and Game One was enough for Phoenix to secure um the first game. Of the 2021 NBA finals. I'm loving uh how like I said before, DeAndre Aiden is continuing the show and Clint Capella did it in the Easter Conference Finals. You can win with a traditional big man. Absolutely. And not only can you win with a traditional big man, I think a lot of teams are gonna just rethink their small ball we're golden we we're golden state philosophy. And they're going to go back to trying to go get <laughs> healthy big men. The market for Yusuf Nurkic is going to be pretty big. I, I don't know if he's going back to Portland.
0: It, it depends. Because, I mean, you can get big men. The Clippers made it to the Western Conference Finals based on small ball.
1: If if Evisa Zubak still starts for you.
0: He, doesn't, he didn't play much. That's the thing. My point was they made it off of saying, okay, Rudy Gobert, as great as you are, we're going to make you be a perimeter defender. And if not, Terrence Mann is going to turn into Ray Allen. And
1: For what it's worth, we talked about the, the Clippers-Suns series going into it, and we talked about DeAndre Ayton possibly not playing the fourth quarter because of the of the small ball lineup. They stayed with their big lineup, and the Clippers tried to match. So I don't know that the Clippers can't do it because and Zubac, as I said before they started, but or he started – but DeMarcus Cousins got his most burn in the postseason in that Phoenix series.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know, man. I think How much would
1: the Pacers benefit from a traditional big man?
0: I mean, you, you mean like a strictly low post guy with a little mi- –
1: Because I was about to say, you could mention DeMonte Sabonis with his rebounding numbers, but no, put him at the four. Like if we had a Bam out of bio and a DeMontis Sabonis, I don't really care who else you give us. Surround me with shooting.
0: That's the thing. And that's why Bam has said, you know? That's what he's working on this offseason. He's going to he I mean, we saw that 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 Milwaukee series, man, where he wasn't even looking at the basket. He wasn't even looking at the hoop. I was like, oh my God.
1: And we can actually get into your boy Bam right now because Bam – well, two days ago, USA – did I lie just now? No, well, it's technically 12 o'clock now, so technically two days ago. But on Tuesday, uh, Team USA opened up their training camp um, day one. I'll give you guys a quick little insider really quick before we get out of here. We're doing our coverage of Team USA, I said – Two years ago when we did it, we did like a vlog style. It was majority. Uh, we did still post our stories on uh, UNLVFreePress.com. All of our stories will be posted on TalkThatTalkRadio.com this time around. But um, me, Tyler, and Salim. Shout out to Mr. Sure Thing, Tyler. Sure. Uh, me, Tyler, and Salim had a FaceTime meeting. We were trying to figure out how to how to do this coverage. And we're going to give you guys... Game previews and game recap stories, as always. And then we're just going to try to tell you guys stories as if kind of throughout, if we can. And part of doing that was trying to figure out which days we have free. And I think in the process, we we only counted, I think, four free days. And two of them, you guys just witnessed already. It was the first day, and it was day two. The first one, uh, Salim just talked about it. It was about Bam Adebayo was half of the story on day one. Our headline for day one is Team USA Camp Opens While Adebayo and Love Open Up. And that's one of the better headlines that we've had in a little bit, only because it tells you exactly what's going to happen.
0: And it's catchy. <laughs> it's got a nice little ring to it. <laughs> Thank
1: you for that. I like that. Thank you for that. Um, we talked about it here in terms of Kevin Love being named to the to the – to the national roster. We never once said Kevin Love couldn't play basketball, we never once thought Kevin Love was washed. However, we thought Kevin Love took somebody's spot. Yeah. Kevin Love heard it. And uh, if you guys want to go ahead and again tune in to talk that talk or yeah, talkthattalkradio.com. The story is up there and that's literally where the story opens up. Not much was made about um the rosters when it came out except for that one name, and he heard it, and he was he, he addressed the question about being the odd man out, and I loved his response. His response was, I've been the odd man out since
0: 2014-15. That is an incredible response, because it's very true. What happened in 2014-15, Celine? They went to the finals, and him and Kyrie got hurt, and that's the only reason the Cavs didn't win.
1: And not only that, but you just said it. They both get hurt. But regardless of the fact, when you look back to those Cleveland teams, Kyrie and LeBron wasn't getting that blame. You go back to your big three, LeBron and D-Wade wasn't getting that blame.
0: Bosh and Love, man, they both got, like, eviscerated by – I mean, Wade at the end, too, because of the knee injuries –
1: no, Wade got killed in Cleveland. <laughs> he oh, went no, even, like, later in Miami. Like, I know, I'm just playing.
0: But, um, I mean, Tyler was here last week, and he said, you know, nobody forced him to sign that deal. And he's right with Cleveland. At the same time, I kind of get where he's coming from. Like, I'm signing that. I'm getting that money. That doesn't mean, like
1: not only that, fam, I've only played in Minnesota before this. I'm taking this check. What happens if I don't take this check and you trade me to Detroit? I'm pissed, bro.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not like they're saying, oh, no, no, don't worry. We'll, we'll get you to like a... No, they're gonna...
1: Kevin Love talked about... Kobe Altman, the, the Cavs general manager, saying that it was a significant offseason for him. He said that he felt like it was a challenge, and then he kind of backed off and said, well, challenge isn't the right word, but we all know how you feel, Kevin. It was a challenge.
0: We know how it feels. Honestly, and I know the Cavs have something brewing with Jared Allen, Colin Sexton, if, if, he's know, there. if they do sign him. And then uh, Darius Garland, who's going to be awesome.
1: I don't know, man. Darius Garland is actually a member on the uh, U, on the U.S. select team, just so you know. As he should be. <laughs> uh, and then the second part of that story, like I said, is Bam Adebayo, and Bam Adebayo opened up about getting cut in 2019. He was cut right after the, um, the, the first Coach exhibition Pop. game, or the scrimmage game. And, yeah, Coach Pop was very – a little uh, – that was my first experience, really, that I was kind of like – Damn, did Pop just say that? And it was about Bam. And he said that Bam, uh, Kind of, I think he opened up the press conference. Him and Craig Miller opened up the press conference by saying, Bam bio won't be traveling with the team anymore. He's headed back home. We appreciate him for X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. When asked about it, Coach Pop simply said that he didn't feel like he was ready. Bam didn't like that too much.
0: I, I don't blame him. Again, I'm not going to get into that. We don't got enough time. We're about to get out of here. But. Bam should have been on that team. But doesn't matter. Who cares? And
1: I'm sure Bam feels the exact same way. And and that team would have been a little different. So that's our day one story. That team would have been a little different if Bam was there. But that team would have also been different if Jason Tatum was healthy. And that's kind of what, what our day two story is about. Number 10. You dig. Jason Tatum, who is honored, in his words, to be wearing the number 10 USA basketball jersey that was previously donned by the late great Kobe Bryant, long live being. And um and just in, in kind of thinking about that really quick, Jason Tatum hurt his ankle at the end of the FIBA World Cup uh, two years ago. And Coach Pop was very open about Jason Tatum being the team's number one scorer and the number one option. And um him kind of admitting that the team didn't really – have a way to find their footing after that. That they didn't, uh, for lack of a better term, I don't think Coach Pop would probably like the fact that I'm saying this, but I believe that the team lost a little bit of uh, confidence when Jason Tatum went down. So Jason Tatum's back for another stint here with Team USA. He's He's not here alone. He's making this jump with his St. Louis brethren. uh, Bradley Beal and both of those gentlemen were at the Aces game tonight sitting next to each other. Uh, down on the floor, and I believe I was taking pictures of them. Maybe three, four minutes after that, they were joined by Kevin Durant.
0: It's a hell of a squad, man. It's
1: this this Team USA team, or this USA team, we always talk about it. You may have your feelings going into it, but when you actually see that the US's compilation of talent, it's it's yeah. pretty much unmatched across the board.
0: It's 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 a pretty significant difference
1: when you look at other countries, I think that's pretty easy to say. So that's your day two story. St. Louis ties, uh between Bradley Bill and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum fielded questions today about uh all of the changes in Boston. Um he talked about the new coach. He talked about uh Brad Stevens moving over to the front office. He talked about his man Kimba now being in uh in OKC. And when it came to Al Horford, he said he looked better in green anyway. So Jason Tatum is obviously feeling good moving into this season, and as I said before, he's doing it with somebody that's really, really close to him in Bradley Bill. But until next time, guys, we got, what, sad? No, I lied. 11 more days of training camp. And then the actual Olympics start on the 25th. It's Eleven. You dig. You dig that. So until next time, guys. Keep on talking.